Now behind me is some of the guys who've been out tonight, and I'm going to just ask Brett to come and share what, what happened tonight on the streets. We Today at the XCE course, we had over 80 people on the streets just in Notting Hill Gate sharing the gospel. That That's unprecedented. Can you imagine a church sending out 80 people? That's awesome. Tell us tonight, Brett, what happened on the streets down there in Ladbroke Grove? Well, we, uh, tonight we basically went out with a mindset that you know we're being obedient to the Great Commission and that our success doesn't really, uh, it's not measured by how many people give their lives to Christ or how many people gather uh, in multitudes. All that's good, but it's based upon being obedient to the Great Commission. So we was out there today being obedient to the Great Commission and we spoke to many people from different uh, backgrounds and countries. There was a Turkish man who was... Uh, who was witness to, there was a man from Ireland, a man from Ukraine, um, a man from Pakistan, and we had uh, just basically some good conversations. I think in the midst of that, one or two gave their lives to the Lord and we filled out a consolidation form. But um, we had one girl who was, uh, she's, she's pretty much like the leading evangelist in our team, that's Amisha. And she had a word of knowledge before we went out. She was, we were praying. We were just waiting on the Holy Spirit to just reveal basically some... I felt to uh, pray for particular names as we were led. And uh, she had a, had a picture of a woman with uh, a blue garment on. And they saw that person across the road. And they So during prayer, she had a picture of a woman with a blue garment on. And she thought she was going to meet this person when she went out? Yeah, so I was just encouraging the team, basically, that we are partnershiping with the Holy Spirit and, you know, he can provide keys, you know, that uh, we want to really believe and, and by faith hear from him and operate by faith. And, um, yeah, during that time she had a picture of a person in a blue garment, like a blue type of clothing, and uh, was probably about 20 minutes into the outreach when Ildiko uh, uh, and Amisha saw this person. So they crossed the road to approach her. And it turned out she had pain in, her, in her, uh, some her cavities and her dental, some teeth, so they prayed for her. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think she was one of the person that gave their lives to Christ today. So, you know, we thank God for that. Hallelujah. And what, and what happened to the tooth? They prayed for her tooth? Anything happened to the tooth? Um, I, I think, she, the mission's right, she doesn't talk, she's, she's a bit tired. Um, I think you've got some tired evangelists here. I mean, I want to say, yeah, yeah, she was healed, but I, I can't, I, I think there was, I, I can't be accurately give you that result, but um, they prayed for that woman with the tooth, and uh, I'm sure Misha could tell you if they were, she was healed or not. But. Cool, thank you, Brett. Hallelujah. Sarah, are you out tonight as well in uh, Shepherd's Bush, were you? Tell us just uh, one short testimony about what happened tonight. Um, there were two boys that uh, Yvonne led to the Lord, and um, she approached them by prophesying. She prophesied to one, and she said, uh, you are into music, and he said, yes, it was that. Is Yvonne, Yvonne here tonight? No, she, she said she couldn't make it. Oh, these tired evangelists. She wanted her to come, and she was, um, it was her first time, not time to evangelize, but first time to go on the Sunday with this new evangelism. First time ever, so she just had those two boys, so, you know, we need to go out. And there was this man that I, you know, managed to speak to. Um, he's from Italy. He's going back tomorrow anyway, and he's coming back in September, he said. And um, 
he was in a very bad uh, situation. He even, I mean, he just broke down and cried as I spoke to him. He, uh, you know, I asked him you know, the question uh, on a scale of one to 10, how fulfilling would you say your life is, you know, from the XEE? And then he said two, and then I said, oh, that's way down. So I said, what happens to the eight? And then he said, oh, you know, um, I just, I'm in a terrible state. Um, my wife is divorcing me and there's an abortion. I have an abortion, so I'm looking at him as a man. He's talking about having an abortion, the wife leaving, so I don't understand. So, you know, and then I, you know, as I spoke, so he, he explained that the abortion is from the girlfriend, and then the girlfriend did the abortion without his permission, and on the other hand, his wife is leaving, and, uh, you know, he said, um, so I spoke about the love of God and, and you know, how Jesus, um, you know, died for, our, for all our sins, and he saw himself as the worst sinner ever. Even when I persisted and I said, Jesus can forgive you, Jesus died, you are not a psychopath. Jesus died even for a psychopath. That man out there that kills women all the time, every day, and then they arrest them and they find that he's killed hundreds and hundreds of women. You know that Jesus died for that man and you are no, 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 nowhere near that man. I mean, you, you took so what? So what happened to him when you shared him with him the gospel? And he just broke down. He started, you know, wiping his tears. And I said, you know, I just emphasized the love of God. And I told him about my own, uh, you know, testimony as as well. You know, I lost my husband at a very early age, and you know, left with two small children. And I said, if it wasn't because of Christ, I would have fallen apart. You know, I said, you know, you need Christ in this situation because He's the only one who can see you through. And he, you know, he just broke down, and he received. Jesus, we prayed with him. Yeah. That's awesome, awesome story tonight. Well, let's give it up for the evangelism team. Thank you, guys. For oh man, why don't we encourage all the singers in the band tonight? They've been great all day. Thank you very much. You can take your seats. Well, as you already know, we are moving into our special month of missions together. And uh, missions work is happening all of the time here at Kensington Temple. And uh, often Colin is released to, to do the mission work himself. He, he spends a lot of his time pioneering in the French-speaking nations of the world and North Africa, very much on his heart. But we felt it would be good to have a missions month where we as a church uh, focused ourselves afresh for a series of four weeks to really catch fresh fire for the harvest, because our mission statement isn't just London for Christ, it's London and the world for Christ. And Jesus wants us to have a global vision. He didn't say to his disciples, just go into Jerusalem and make disciples. He said, go into the world, the whole world. And so it's important that we as Christians have a share in this global harvest. Now, some people will immediately think when you speak about um, Missions Week, well, am I going to be a missionary in some far-flung place in the earth? Uh, you may or you may not, but all of us are to partner in world missions. And there's many ways of partnering, and we'll be looking at that throughout this, um, this, this month, praying, giving, going. It's our desire that everybody at Kensington Temple will be given an opportunity to go on an overseas mission sometime during their stay with us here at KT. Uh, but there's different ways of partnering. One of the things I want to really speak about today 
is prayer, partnering in prayer. Because you can never leave the confines of your front room and yet travel the world in prayer and make an incredible difference to what's going on in the nations. And I do believe, prophetically speaking, that God is looking for a fresh prayer move to come out of Kensington Temple. We already have prayer initiatives, I know that, and we pray in the cells, and we have our Wednesday evenings, and we've got the Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays early morning prayer meeting. But I'm speaking more prophetically that I think God is going to take us as a church to new levels of strategic, effective prayer. Because I'm not just talking about prayer, because sometimes there can be a lot of prayer and it's not effective. I remember when I went to my first um, all-night prayer meeting, I naively, when I first, this was many, many years ago, when I was invited to an all-night prayer meeting, I thought, how does that work? All praying all night? I'll have to sleep all day afterwards. And naively, I thought that an all-night prayer meeting would be, you get there about seven or something like that, and you begin to pray, and you wouldn't stop praying. Maybe you have a drink or something, but prayer would, would be unceasing from seven o'clock right into the morning. There'd be just nothing but concentrated, effective prayer. So I was a bit surprised when we had loads of different preaching and loads of, loads of worship. I'm not saying that worship's not prayer, but I wasn't expecting that. Lots of worship, lots of sharing, deliverance, all these types of things. And I thought to myself, all right, interesting night, but it's not an all-night prayer meeting. It's not what I expected. Uh, I was naive. But I believe that God wants us to move into a new level of effective, targeted praying. Effective, targeted praying. Now, before we move into a next level corporately into prayer, and we are a praying church, I just believe that God wants us to grow in that and to go to the next level. But before we do that together, we have to really begin to see a breakthrough in our individual prayer lives. And recently, uh, here in the 7 o'clock revival service, we've looked at things like last week, the Holy Spirit, my senior partner. Well, how do you partnership with the Holy Spirit? Well, firstly, you partner with Him in prayer. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us in our prayer lives because many people struggle in their prayer lives. Many people are discouraged or disappointed in their prayer lives. But that's only because very often they're not praying. And if they are praying, they're not praying with the Holy Spirit or targeting effective prayers. One of the greatest blessings for a prayer life is the ability to speak in tongues. And if you're interested, a few weeks ago I did a whole evening on uh, speaking in tongues, your spiritual dynamo. Because when you speak in tongues, you're speaking perfectly in the Spirit. And very often, those of us that speak in tongues on a regular basis, very often you find that your best praying comes out of speaking in tongues. So if you pray in tongues for 10 minutes, uh, never pray in, you know, always pray in tongues for at least 10 minutes. Because the first five minutes, you're just priming the pump when you're speaking in tongues. You're just getting in the flow. And so 10 minutes in tongues or more, 
And then when you begin to pray for a situation, you find that your words start to flow. You see, prayer is meant to be a flow. It's meant to, prayer is an anointing. Do you know that? Not that you say, well, I'm waiting for the anointing before I pray. But prayer is an anointing. In other words, prayer is cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, prayer changes things. It changes our world. And there are, I just think it would be amazing. And maybe you should ask the Holy Spirit to see what we could be experiencing as individuals in our lives if only we were flowing more in prayer. What changes? We tolerate too much. We tolerate too much. There is so much difference that can be made in our present condition, our present lives and circumstances. So much revolutionary change could take place if we just began to flow in the prayer anointing. You see, it gets to be a little bit of a catch-22. You don't, I'm not saying you don't pray, I'm just using this as a phrase. Um, but someone doesn't pray and they don't see the benefits of praying, so they don't pray because they don't see the benefits of praying, so they don't pray because they don't see the benefits of praying, and that can go on for weeks or months. But when you begin to pray, not just speaking words, but cooperating with the Holy Spirit, prayer is an anointing. When you cooperate with the anointing, you begin to see change. You begin to realize that things have changed, that God has broken through, and then you begin to say to yourself, that happened by prayer. And when you realize it happened by prayer, you think, what else can happen by prayer? And so the more you pray effectively and see results, the more you pray. The less you pray, the less you pray. The more you pray, the more you pray. You're on one of those cycles. You're either on the cycle of praying and your prayer life is building, or you're on a cycle where your prayer life is diminishing. Your prayer life does not stay stagnant, or not stagnant, sorry. Your prayer life does not stay just still. It's either growing or diminishing. And the Holy Spirit wants to give us more experience of, of himself so that we can share in the ministry of Christ that is effective prayer. You know, we're speaking about missions this month, and prayer is an extremely important part of it, not just the early morning prayer meetings, the half morning prayer meetings, but this prayer diary that we've given to you tonight. And you see at the end, there's a cycle of 31 days of prayer, and we haven't put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on it, or July, so that you can pray it through. It means if you miss a day, you don't give up, you just take off where you did. Now, if all of us in the church, right across this city, the thousands of us that are Kensington Temple, if we just prayed short, even short strategic prayers of faith over the prayer points here, we will see dramatic change. We'll see dramatic change in the ministry that we're doing in these areas, dramatic change. And so Jesus, when in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, he had compassion on the crowds. It's a well-known uh, verse. He had compassion on them, and he said, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. What Jesus is saying is, 
there's nothing wrong with the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. Jesus said in John's gospel, didn't he? He said, the harvest is white. It's ripe. It's, it's ready to be harvested. And yet, in our experiences, often, and though I think it's changing, but in Christians' experience, often they say, well, I don't, I don't think that the harvest is ripe because, you know, I haven't won a soul for a while, or the people that are around me seem to be cold to the, the gospel. And, and we say, I don't know, the, the experience of the harvest being ripe doesn't seem to be in my life. I, it doesn't see, I don't seem to see what Jesus says. But note what Jesus says. He speaks to pray. And, he, and in this passage, he doesn't say pray for the harvest. There's nothing wrong with praying for souls. But he says pray for the laborers of the harvest. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Now, when we talk about laborers being sent into the harvest, we often think of, you know, going out and evangelizing, and that is definitely part of it, obviously. But the laborers are also those that pray. They pray. And so the harvest is not just about going, although we could do with a lot more going. The harvest is also, the labor of the harvest is to pray to pray for the nations, to pray for God to touch people's lives, to intercede. And the power that we have in our prayers is indescribable and incredible, our prayers. The devil attacks our prayer life more than anything else because he knows that that's where the power lies. There's no such thing as a move of God without a prayer move behind it. There's no such thing as a turning of a nation without a targeted, effective prayer life. There's no such thing as a victorious Christian without a praying Christian. There's no such thing. I mean, we might as well just face the reality of it. A victorious Christian is a praying Christian, and a defeated Christian is a Christian that doesn't pray. That shows us that a lot of the things that we tolerate or a lot of the things that we're putting up with that we may complain about to ourselves or to the Lord or maybe we say, this is just the way it is. No, it's not just the way it is. What's needed is the prayer anointing, cooperation with the senior leader, the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in our lives, and I've mentioned this before when the Lord uh, a while back rebuked me, and said that the trouble with me is that, I, is that in my prayer life and spiritual warfare, um, I tolerated too much. And that my spiritual warfare, my prayer life was reactionary rather than proactive. Do you know what I'm saying? What I mean by that is when problems come, it drives us to prayer, doesn't it? Although often it has to be a pretty big problem before it drives some Christians to prayer. Because they tolerate, I'll just tolerate, just to, I can work it, I can get, I'll tolerate, I'll tolerate. And then when it becomes intolerable, that's when some Christians start to pray. I'm not saying that I was as bad as that, but God was saying you're far too reactive. What's happening is, is, is you're waiting for things to come up and then you'll pray about them. You're waiting for a situation to come up, then you'll pray about it. But we ought to be advancing, taking ground. We ought to be on the offensive in the spiritual realm, not only on the defensive. Um, and much Christian prayer is defensive praying. 
isn't it? And I'm not against that, but it's like, oh, I've got a problem. Will you pray for me? Oh, I'm ill. Will you pray for me? Oh, there's a situation that's taken place. Will you pray for me? Oh, things aren't going very well. Will you pray for me? Of course, we'll pray for you. But what about the proactive prayer? What about taking ground? Oh, I'm worried I'm going to lose my job. Will, will you pray for me? Well, how about let's pray that you will prosper and go further in your job? Taking ground, taking territory by prayer. Because often, that's what we're trying to do in our lives anyway. We're trying to grow. We're trying to mature. We're trying to make a difference. But often the problem is, is we don't have that power of prayer behind us. I mean, I challenge you to pray 15 minutes each day in tongues, real tongues, not fake tongues or mind-mimicking tongues, because your, tongue, your mind will soon, soon mimic what you say. I'm talking about you don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. 15 minutes a day, I guarantee your life and circumstances will be changed significantly. Guarantee. I guarantee it. I absolutely guarantee it. You do that. You do that. 50 minutes a day speaking in tongues. I guarantee things will change. You'll be more alert at work or in the place. You'll see things before they happen. You'll, the words, the right words will come to your mouth in situations easier than they did before. I can't do without praying at least 15 minutes in tongues a day. I pray a lot more than that normally, but at least I can't, but that will be effective, that you will notice a difference within a couple of weeks. Don't, ex- don't, don't give it one day's trial. You have to build it up. You have to got to get, you've got to get that flowing. You've got to, you've got to start rising above your circumstances, and 15 minutes of proper tongues a day, you will soon see within a couple of weeks, you'll say it's totally different. That there's space, there's freedom, there's a liberty around me, there's, there's an ease. I'm not saying you won't have problems, but you begin to rise above your problems and have wisdom above your problems. And that's just speaking in tongues to get our heads above water. Do you know what I'm saying? Just to get us back on top. So speaking in tongues for 15 minutes a day is, is just to get you from being under the water back on top of the water. And now we're in a place where we can begin to move forward in prayer. You know, it's incredible when you think the access that we have to God. God moves by prayer. I mean, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, I haven't got anything really revelatory in the sense of new to bring you tonight, but I do believe that God is speaking to us and encouraging us because I know there's nothing worse than someone coming to you and saying, pray more. Pray more. The problem with you is you don't pray enough. You used to be so much better if you prayed. And then we just think, oh. But don't hear things like that. Hear that the Holy Spirit is bringing a fresh anointing on your life. A fresh anointing. Listen to me. A fresh anointing of prayer is coming on your life. An anointing of encouragement. God's going to encourage you. He's going to answer some prayers very swiftly to encourage you so you deepen in prayer. There is a fresh anointing of prayer that's coming on you, and all you need to do is begin to cooperate with it. Just make yourself available for the Holy Spirit. Think about some of the opportunities, the Wednesday evenings. Sometimes I say to people that struggle in their prayer lives, I say, why don't you come along to a Wednesday evening? You know, and, and I'm not even thinking about the fact that you'll be praying for things around the world, but just come in a praying environment. And sometimes just being in that praying environment can kickstart, can get you back in, in the flow if you're struggling to get back into your prayer life. Hebrews 4 verse um, 
16 says, well, let's go to verse 15. Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Everybody say boldly. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in, to help in time of need. I mean, if you could have... People are always wanting an audience with people in power. Whatever level of power they're in, whether it's business, political, or even religious, people are always wanting to go to the person with the power. Why? Because if you can speak to the person with the power, they can do something to help you. Isn't that right? And so you know that people are constantly trying to see the prime minister, if not him, one of his ministers, but the prime They're lobbying. They want to speak to him. Why? Why, why, they want to go to a man who's got power to change things. And they want to go and say, Prime Minister, please listen to me. This is an important circumstance or an issue that's not being looked at. And we're asking if you will do something about it. Or petitioning a king or a queen. They're trying to get to that place. And it's very difficult to get into the presence of these powerful people. You know, you've got people... Uh, in the business world, they, they want to spend a few moments with Alan Sugar. The amount of requests that type of person or, um, or, or uh, Richard Branson, they are constantly being asked by people. People want to meet them. People want to spend time with them. People want to ask them. People want to petition them. Why? Because they've got power. But we have a throne that we can approach. It's got more power than... 10 Downing Street. It's got more power than Buckingham Palace. It's got more power than even Richard Branson's boardroom. It's got more power. And not only that, often if you go into a presence of a, of a great man or a king or a queen, there's a whole etiquette of how to speak. It's like when you meet the queen, not that I have, but when you meet the queen, there's an etiquette. Uh, you don't speak to her. She speaks to you first and you respond to her. And the first time that you address her, you call her your majesty, and then afterwards, ma'am. There's a whole etiquette. But for us, we are welcome into the throne room of God any time. In fact, he is inviting us to come into his throne room, waiting in his throne room, and wondering why his throne room is empty of petitioners. Can you imagine in a kingdom, a king sitting in his castle, and he's there on his throne, and he's got this kingdom, and his kingdom is in, so many of the people in his kingdom are in great problems. They're in poverty, they've got difficulties and circumstances. And yet the king has authority, and the king has wealth, and the king has all the answers. But the people aren't coming to him because they're too busy in their circumstances, too busy suffering, too busy having a difficult time. And the king sits there and saying, where are my subjects there's no one here. There's no one queuing. There's no one coming to petition me. Well, I think sometimes God looks at his throne room and wonders why it's so empty. I mean, it says here, it says, boldly, come boldly to the throne, which means there's a throne that we can come to. We can actually come to a throne. It, this isn't some symbol. It's not symbolic talk. God has a throne, and the word throne, as you know, is, is, is the place where the king sits to give judgments. The king or queen is sat on their throne of 
authority with the scepter in their hand. And so God is looking at his throne room and he's thinking, where is everybody? And then the angels are saying, well, they're down there suffering. They're down there being kicked around by the devil. They're down there depressed. They're down there not seeing any fruit. And he's saying, well, why don't they come and petition me? Why don't they come and speak to me? They don't have to make an appointment. My doors are always open. Why don't they come into my throne room and not just come in like, you know, I don't know about you. If I was invited to Downing Street, I'd be very nervous. Maybe you wouldn't. I would be. I'd be nervous because, you know, it, 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 it's an incredible place to go. It's the Prime Minister of England. Or if you, was, if you were to have tea with the Queen or meet the Queen, I'd be nervous. Why? Because of who that person is and what they carry. You know what I'm saying? But God, God doesn't say, you know, make an appointment or come in groveling. But God has boldly come. It's almost like he's saying, why aren't you coming? Why aren't you coming to me about these things? James says this. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, but it's profound. James says, um, you don't have because you don't ask. <laughs> Jesus says these profound words. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. What is that? Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. But if you don't ask, will it be given to you? If you don't seek, will you find? I know it's simple, but can you see how the enemy launches his attacks against us when these simple, profound, not, not, well, simple words, ask and it will be given to you, come to the throne boldly, and yet we struggle to even do it or to find time to do it. It's demonic, my friends. It's a demonic attack to keep you from the place of victory and deliverance. It's a demonic attack. And so when we read things in the Bible that are so clear that we can pray and that the effective righteous prayer, the effective prayers of a righteous person has great effect in James chapter 5, speaking about Elijah. And we read these things and yet we don't do them. Why? Because the enemy is trying to throttle your oxygen supply to your spiritual life. I mean, you need oxygen, and prayer is oxygen. Not only is it oxygen for your life, it's oxygen for your circumstances. I mean, if you've ever been diving, I have, and you go diving, you've got your oxygen tank. You're always looking to see how much oxygen you've got because you know if your oxygen goes, you're finished. You're down there in the water. You've got no oxygen. You've had it. Yet often, I'm sorry to say, we Christians are, I don't know, I'm going to get the word wrong, but apoplectic. What's it called? Apoplexy. Is that? Apoplexy. Is that right? It's when you die of lack of breath and oxygen. And to live a life where you're lacking oxygen, I mean, forget about having no oxygen, you die. But if there is a lack of oxygen, what happens to you? You get weary. You get, it's like in this type of weather, if you go into a crowded room and the room is not being oxygenated, it's not just the heat that tires you. It's the lack of oxygen. 
and you lose energy and you lose strength. But when you pray, when you have effective targeted prayer, things begin to change. Oxygen begins not just to come into your life, but into situations around. Power and strength comes into your life. Hebrews 4, we see, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because you're going to get what you're going to ask for if it's in his will. Now, it's not enough to pray. It has to be believing prayer. Sometimes you hear people praying, and it's not believing prayer. You've got to mix prayer with faith, or it's not much use. In fact, it's hardly any use at all. So sometimes you can hear somebody praying, and they're saying all the right things, but you think, is it mixed with faith? Is it mixed with faith? And sometimes people get in a prayer mode. Have you ever seen anybody in a Pentecostal prayer mode? Especially if you've got a microphone, it means you lift your voice and you shout. Or people, I've heard people in cell groups get in a prayer mode. It's like they begin to pray and they're no longer the person they were because they're in a prayer mode. And you think, wait a second, you just switched into a prayer mode, but is there any faith in that? Or are you just going through the motions? And I fear that much Christian prayer is, a, is simply a prayer mode. And so if you're babbling like the Hegan, just going on and on and on about it, sometimes people don't even listen to themselves and what's coming out and the nonsense that comes out of their mouth. Sometimes it's just repeated again and again and again as if God's not hearing. Do you know, when you go to the throne boldly, you don't have to act silly repeating yourself 50, 60 times. You know, oh, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God this, and Father God that, and Father God this. Yet he knows he's the Father. You've addressed him once. You don't have to keep reminding him. Prayer mode. Seriously, I know people, to get every third word is Father. And Father, we pray for Britain today, Father. We pray, Father, that Britain will be fathered, Father. We pray for Britain, Father, you bring strength, Father. Well, stop. Stop and think who you're addressing. Stop and think. You're saying, what, so God won't answer those prayers? I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm talking about you. God will answer, God will answer a lot more than we'll expect. You don't have to have the perfect prayer to be answered. On the contrary, it's your heart and it's the faith. But stop and think who you're praying to. You see, Smith Wigglesworth was known for his answered prayers, but he was not known for long intercession. And, and, and there's times when the Lord will lead us into that. But you don't have to be a long intercessor, just be somebody who prays with faith. In other words, there's a throne, there's a need, and you're going to go boldly, confidently, to your Father in heaven, address him once, and then you're going to say, Father, I come to you about this situation. Believe that he's listening to you. Believe he's hearing you. Believe his word, and he will answer you. Now, there's sometimes when you pray, that I, there's times when I know when I'm praying, when I'm like, and I'm praying, but I'm really worried about something, you know? Nervous about something. And, and I'm saying, you know, I'm saying, Lord, you know, I'm, I keep praying this because I'm nervous. I'm worried. Sometimes you, you keep praying it, don't you? Because, and, and when that happens, you have to say, Father, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to put it in your hands. That's what God wants us to do. Prayer is working with God, and God works through prayer. God has chosen to accomplish many of his sovereign purposes with our 
help. He has chosen to do it. It His desire is to work and partner with us by his Holy Spirit in prayer. We are a royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says. A royal, a holy, royal priesthood. What does that mean? Well, part of the priestly function is to adore and worship God. I'm not talking about that tonight. But another part of the priestly function is to intercede. What does intercede mean? It means to stand between the need and God and plead for that need. God said, you know, I would have healed this land in Isaiah. He said, I'd have healed this land. And I was looking for one person to stand in the gap, to fill in the hole in the wall. One person. And if there'd been one person that would have interceded, stood in between God's wrath and that situation, he would have brought blessing. You, you, are, you are definitely the one person in many situations that God is looking for. Because without you, what will take place will be wrath, judgment, and natural deterioration in the world. God wants to change things. In your life, in circumstances, in this world, God wants to change things. God wants to bring revival to the nations. God wants to do it. But he's looking for people that will connect with the need on earth and connect with the throne on heaven and be that connection through which the power will flow. Do you hear what I'm saying? In the normal course of events, God is in his heaven, people are on earth, and there is a separation between them. How many of you know this world has fallen? There's a separation. The wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness. This world is at enmity with God. Things, they're not getting on. God is not getting on with this world. They have fallen out big time because of the big fall. And so left to the natural course of things, this world is ripe for judgment, Satan's rule, and deterioration of all types. How many people know that Europe is deteriorating? But how many of you know that God doesn't want it to deteriorate? He wants to revive it. So, Europe is under the wrath of God. It's plain to see. You just have to see what's going on. It's the wrath of God revealed. If you go on in Romans chapter 1, it even shows you what the wrath of God revealed and how it manifests. You can see it in the media right now. And so the wrath of God is revealed. But God has got a heart for Europe. God wants to revive Europe. So what's the missing link? We need a priest. We need a priest. We need someone that's going to go to God on behalf of Europe and go to Europe on behalf of God. You hear what I'm saying? That's you and me. Because without the intercessory or prayer ministry of the church, we cannot expect God to do anything at all. But we can expect the devil to rule and reign over that which isn't his. We can expect false religion to flourish, and we can expect the people to get harder and harder and harder of heart. You know, I don't know if so, any of you remember in January when we had our vision conference, and I think it was January, or was it the Energized? But anyway, one evening when we prayed for the lost, was that the Energized? Well, we had a, a, an evening, and Colin took it, and he spoke about revelation, and he spoke about praying for the lost. And that night, 
we began to warfare and pray strongly, intercede, step in the middle between God and unbelieving people and plead and pray and do priestly ministry. And after that meeting, we heard some wonderful reports of people that got saved. What had happened? God had heard our prayers and had taken hard hearts and softened them to his gospel. Jesus himself, in Hebrews 7, verse 25, what's his ministry? He's the great high priest. That's why we're a priestly nation. Jesus is the great high priest. And what does he do? Hebrews 7, 25, he lives evermore to make intercession. How does Jesus exert his authority and rule today? He does it through intercession, through prayer. That's what he's been doing. He spent three years in ministry, and he's been spending 2,000 years boldly before the throne of God praying. But it's not to leave it to him. He, he, he wants us to join him. You see, he wants to pray through us. How many of you know that? He wants to find a voice for his heavenly intercession in the church. And this is when prayer gets very holy. When you begin to speak the prayers of Jesus on earth. And that, that, if anybody asks anything in my name, anything in my name, they will be given it. If two or three of you agree to anything in my name, it shall be given to you. In his name, that means in his will. And so there are prayers of Jesus that are waiting to be given voice on the earth. Not just for nations, but for your own life and circumstances. Let me put it like this. Jesus has a prayer that he wants to pray through you for your finances. Jesus has already got a prayer in heaven that he wants to speak through you about your situation. He has prayers that he's already spoken in the heavenlies about Europe, but he's looking for somebody that will give voice to it. Do you understand the prophetic role? Not only are we a nation of priests, but do you know we're a nation of prophets? Priests and prophets. And when the prophets spoke the word given to them, that word had power to bring to pass. When they spoke it, the word came out of their mouth and the word did not return to God till it had accomplished everything that it said. So God has prayers that he wants to speak out of our mouths and he has words that he, prophecies that he wants to speak out of, out of our mouth. Blessings that he wants to speak out of our mouths. God wants to pray through you. He, wants, he has a body on, on the earth. And so this is important for us to realize because unless we, you see, the, what is confession? Jesus is the high priest of our confession. You hear lots of talk in faith circles about confession. You know, confess it, confess the blessing, confess the promises. Do you know what the, the word confession means in the New Testament? The word confession means saying the same thing as. Saying the same thing as. So when we speak about spiritual confession, we're talking about saying the same thing that Jesus is saying about that circumstance. 
And that's not just speaking the word as good as that is, because that's God's will. This is, more, this is more spiritual even than just taking a scripture verse and speaking it, as powerful as that is. This is hearing from the Holy Spirit, your senior partner, and being aligned with him. And one of the greatest ways of aligning with him is daily Bible reading and speaking in tongues. I'm not going to get off speaking in tongues ever When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, it was the gift he decided to bring, speaking in tongues. He could have brought anything. When the Holy Spirit came, the gift he brought was speaking in tongues. It's one of the greatest gifts that we could possibly ever have. Speaking in tongues aligns you. It sensitizes you to the Holy Spirit and to his word. Reading the regular word on a daily basis sensitizes you to the word. And this is important for the prayer move that God wants to have in your life as an individual and also the prayer move that God wants to take us in this church to new levels in. And this is that when we start praying, it's Jesus praying through us. I mean, I get a picture of this and and, and it's sort of like, and, and, and it's just sort of a picture. I'm not saying it's from God. It's just a picture. And sometimes I see myself and I'm there and there's a situation or a circumstance or a nation or a city or whatever it is. And I'm praying about it. I've done my tongues. I'm sensitized. And I'm, and I'm hoping that a lot of my tongues is going to start to be coming, come out in English as prophecy. And I'm praying about something. And I imagine that as I'm praying about that circumstance, Jesus in the throne room of his father, is praying about that circumstance. And I often think, as, as I'm praying, and Jesus is praying, it's a little bit like this, right? The hand, hand represents Jesus' words and his flow. And it's a little bit out of tune, because I'm praying, and, you know, maybe I'm not quite in the spirit, and I've got my mind on the matter, and my ideas, and, and everything. So, but Jesus is like, but what I'm doing is I'm asking the Lord... I'm saying, Lord, I want to pray your will. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, my senior partner, will you please pray through me? Pray in the Spirit. It's not just speaking in tongues. It's praying under the anointing. Prayer is an anointing that we cooperate with. Prayer is an anointing that we cooperate with. All right? Get that in your spirit. And so it's a bit like this. There's, there's not quite the resonance. I'm, I'm getting a bit better. I'm getting a bit into the flow. But what I'm saying is Holy Spirit. And then I believe that there are times, and you know it because you've been there. You've been there in that time when you prayed, personally or with others, where the prayer, it, sometimes you're praying, it's a bit like this. It's like, ooh, it's a bit, ow. Yeah. But then you, you know what happens. The Holy Spirit begins to lead you. You begin to step out of your own opinions and you begin to pray the word. And words, the scriptures come to your mind. You begin to get in a flow and what's happening when you're getting in that flow, I'm not talking about getting into a mode. The devil's a liar. He'll fake it. If we get into a flow, he'll try and make it into a mode. I'm not talking about man-made modes. I'm talking about a flow, and you know it's a flow. And what's happening is, Jesus is praying. You're praying. But after a while, what's happening is the Holy Spirit is aligning you. He's aligning you with the, and now, now. I believe sometimes you're so close, the very words of Jesus are coming out of your mouth and those prayers avail. Now, doesn't that excite you? Isn't that better than, oh God, here I go, praying again. Prayer is an anointing. 
It's always there, but you have to cooperate with it. And when you pray without an anointing, it's awful. I'm not saying that sometimes when you pray, you can't, you're fighting in the Spirit, but there's still an anointing there. And God wants us to step up into a new anointing of prayer and cooperate with it so that we can do what God has called us to do. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, and then I'm going to come in to an because I just want to sow a seed here. It's not going to change you overnight. I just want to sow some seeds because I believe that God in these times is going to raise us up to new levels of prayer as individuals and a church to a new levels of prayer. That's what I believe won't happen in a day. But you know what I'm saying? It's a journey and it's going to take place. Because sometimes when I think of this church, sometimes I think of this church and where we're going as this church, sometimes I close my eyes because I've sampled it. I've sampled it in this church many times. And the prayers of this church, God wants to be like the sound of mighty rushing waters. And I, and I can hear in the spirit where God wants us to be because I've, I've been in it in this church over many years. There's times when I've been in it and it's just the sound of many waters. And sometimes when I want comforting or encouraging, when I think of what the enemy's doing in our nation and, and, and I just want comforting, sometimes what I will do is I'll shut my eyes and I will put on my, I don't know, heavenly iTunes and I will play that recording that I've sampled, but also that's coming, of Kensington Temple, London City Church, crying out. And I listen to my, and I can close, I can hear it. I can hear it right now, although not accurately because I'm also preaching, but I can hear it in the background of my spirit. And, I, and it just sounds like uh, I just the voices that are crying out to God. And it's so wonderful because it's not people crying out in the flesh. It is just, it's, it's like the power of a great waterfall. And it's just, it's just never-ending, never-ceasing outpouring of a sound like rushing waters just filling the place. And it is just cleansing and clearing and bulldozing spiritual forces from out of, out of the way. And, and God wants us to get to the place where we become lost in prayer together. Now, don't worry if you've never experienced this. I'm... I'm showing you what God's going to be doing, what's God seeking. God is going to get us into a place, but what we need to do is we need to say to ourselves, I'm going to be part of the pioneer core. Because like I said, if you don't pray, you'll you're not pray. It's an anointing. And so Ephesians chapter 6, and on this I, I finish, it's enough just to sow a seed and let the Holy Spirit water it in coming days and in our own personal lives. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Now you know Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, all the truths that will protect us. But what is the point to go into battle with a helmet, a shield, some army boots, you know, breastplate, all these things without any offensive weapons. What's going to happen? If you don't have any offensive weapons, you're just going to stand there and take a beating. Thank God you've got armor on. It's protecting you, but you're not conquering. You're just standing there. 
your army will will your army will take no land with just a shield a helmet a breastplate a belt and some shoes you just stand there at most you'll stand your ground but you'll probably be knocked back by the force of the incessant constant blows of the enemy and so what does it say it says that we have two um weapons we have the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit can you see that in the spirit prayer is an anointing not just all prayer and supplication but all prayer and supplication in the spirit the holy spirit must be partnering to us so prayer prayer is the offensive weapon the word of god is the offensive weapon our prayers trans transcend the power of the enemy and natural forces our prayer can remove natural mountains that can never be moved we have the opportunity to change the way that we live and the level of victory that we experience amen let's just stand to our feet right now and just open ourselves up we're going to have some ministry here at the front in a few minutes we're going to pray for your needs and when the ministry team pray for your needs whether it's physical circumstance they're going to pray with faith they're not going to babble not that they would but they're going to pray with faith but right now i just want us to open ourselves up to the anointing of prayer we're not going to intercede this evening but we're going to open ourselves up to this word i believe that god wants to pour out a fresh prayer anointing on us for us to cooperate with and he's going to bring it and he's going to encourage us as we got the p- p- piano player and he's going to encourage us and so he's sending a season of encouragement so that we can reconnect with him let's just look right where we everybody's standing please unless you're exhausted and just open your ha- hands to the lord father we ask for a pre- a fresh prayer anointing on our lives Lord, we believe that prophetically you're speaking to us that you want to do something and we ask for a fresh prayer anointing lord only you can do that holy spirit lord we know that the enemy attacks our prayer life more than anything nearly anything else because he knows that's where the power flows that's where the power flows in your prayers they don't have to be clever or ornate you just have to come from the heart with faith and so we enter boldly into the throne room of god right now with confidence and we ask you father to pour out the spirit of supplication upon our lives again we thank you for the prayer that's already here we're grateful for all the prayer that takes place but lord we know there's so much more so much more lord pour it out have mercy and grace we pray for prayer we come to you in supplication for the spirit of supplication the spirit of prayer lord 
Open our eyes that we might see the benefits of prayer. May our prayers change, Lord. May they be focused, mixed with faith. No babbling, Lord. No prayer modes, but a prayer anointing. Lord, let us speak bold words of prayer that come from your throne. Lord, we we wish to make confession on earth of the prayers that are in heaven. We wish, Holy Spirit, that you will intercede through us. The word says that you will bring to us the words of Jesus. Bring to us the prayers of Jesus. May in these coming days, may our prayers make the Holy Spirit of Christ himself begin to pray through us, not just through tongues, but leading us in a prayer flow. Lord, may we take our place as priestly intercessors to stand in the gap between heaven and earth as prophets to speak the word of God in intercession Lord we think of the month of missions that we're in this specific strategic time as we're alerted to the nations in our prayer diary as we are alerted to what's going on on the television Lord may we pray Not just hopeful prayers, but prayers that come from your throne. Release, Lord, your anointing. Release, Lord, your fervency. Lord, the enemies attacked us, discouraged us, tried to put a blanket of depression on us, tried to suppress the prayers that you wish to bubble up from our innermost being. We take authority over the spirit of prayerlessness, which is demonic inspired. We acknowledge that there is a spirit of prayerlessness over the European church and that we have participated and have been under it. We acknowledge it, we expose it. And we, in the name of Jesus, speak against it and we break the power of prayerlessness in our own life spiritually. We know that prayer is a discipline, but it's also an anointing, and the enemy has tried to destroy the anointing of prayer on our lives through deceit, prayerlessness, prayer modes. Try to get us out of the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. Just pray right where you are in tongues, whatever you feel led. Prayer is an anointing. You're only praying when you've, yes, you, I can, many of you, you, you're in the anointing already. You're in the spirit already. I can feel it. You're in the flow. Prayer is an anointing. We just need to cooperate with it. And it will turn us this way and that. And the words of our mouths will be a flow. Release the anointing, Lord. Increase the anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break the power of prayerlessness and all its deceit in our lives. We break the power. Spirit of slumber, spirit of sloth, in the name of Jesus, get off our lives. Spirit of unbelieving prayer, 
of our lives. And you know it's anointing because it's a flow. It's a flow. It carries you. You don't carry it. It carries you. It's a prayer anointing. It's like the wind of the Spirit. It blows where it wills. The wind of the Spirit blows where it wills. Our job is to set our sails. Hallelujah. Set our sails to the prayer wind, the prayer anointing. Lord, we'll be carried along like men of old and women of old. Carried along. Carried along by the wind of intercession, the Holy Spirit. A flow, a divine flow of kingdom power. To reach the nations, we have to pr pray for the nations. Oh, to break the circumstances, we've got to let the flow. Jesus praying through us. Oh, Holy Spirit, let our words match the words that are being spoken by our Lord. Pray through us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit and by the Spirit and with the Spirit. Supernatural praying. Praying in one accord. Sound of many waters is our destiny. Oh, let your glory. Even as we're praying, Lord, break off every chain, every fetter. Every depressing spirit suppressing spirit keeping you from your destiny trying to prevent the oxygen of prayer from bringing life to your personal life your cell life church life national life concerted prayer mixed with faith cannot be defeated oh God Clear the airs. Let heaven flow through prayers. Oh God, we pray. Yes, Lord. Just in this praying atmosphere, going to invite the ministry team, the prayer team to come forward, the ministry team. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to worship. You can worship. You can keep praying where you are. Find your flow. But also, we're, we're going to, in this atmosphere of prayer, we're going to release prayer that avails your circumstances. Maybe you want someone to pray for you for a fresh anointing on your prayer life. Maybe you have a, a physical need. Whatever it is tonight, wherever you are, maybe you just need to plug in with God for a few minutes in your place and worship and touch Him and pray in tongues for five or ten minutes or worship, whatever the Lord is leading you to do. Let the flow flow. And as we worship him now in this time of praise and prayer and response to the Holy Spirit, wherever you are in the auditorium, if you need prayer tonight during this time, you come and we will pray, pray with you the prayer of faith. Yeah. 